Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now, what is to us plain and obvious at first is rather confused masses, the elements and principles of which become known to us later by analysis. Thus, we must advance from generalities to particulars. For it is a whole that is best known to sense perception, and a generality is a kind of whole, comprehending many things within it, like parts. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Ask Andrew. I trust that you remember perhaps something from the previous episode about what I just read, and now I have to come clean and tell you that was Aristotle's Physics, Book 1, the opening. That was just now the third paragraph, and in the previous episode I read the first and second paragraph. And the reason I'm reading those now is because I learned from David Hicks that when you're teaching, you should always start with the hardest stuff first. That's only part of the reason, though. The other reason is because we're going to be talking about classical Christian, Christian classical education, and we're going to be talking about it in a dynamic way between the high-level principles and ideas and the everyday details and activities. And the way you're going to help me do that is by sending in your questions about, well, either one, but if you've got a question about how does some big lofty idea that Mr. Kern talked about in the last session, how does that relate to, to, uh, you know, to, 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 to this morning, to something that happened today, send me those questions. If I've given you a, an idea that's too general and, and you're not coming up with anything, to do. Send me questions. And, and I want to bring those, those ideas, those, those concepts, I want to bring them down to earth. And my guiding principle in all of this is Logos incarnate, 
word incarnate. You might say my guiding principle in all of this is Jesus, who is the word incarnate. Because what an incarnate word means is an idea, a principle, a truth made flesh. Jesus cannot be reduced to an idea, He cannot, but he is the truth. And he is the truth made flesh. And I believe that in so doing, in taking on flesh himself, he set a pattern for us for how to live and also how to think and how to teach. That's my goal then, is to say, let's think about the word. Let's think about, and I mean word here in the, both in the literal sense of the scripture, I mean it in the metaphorical sense of every idea, and I mean it in the full sense of let's think about Christ himself and how does he relate to, to thought. And so that means we're going to follow that pattern of big ideas made flesh, applied in circumstances. And that's why I read again that passage from Aristotle, because he says something so critical. In the previous uh, podcast I read, the natural way of doing this is to start from the things which are more knowable and obvious to us and proceed towards those things which are clear and more knowable by nature. Well, what he seems to be saying there is that there are things that are obvious to us, but they're vague. They're, they're general. In fact, he goes on to say they're very general. But the nature of the thing we're learning about is much more specific, much more detailed. We start out with confused masses. Do you remember the picture I used last time of the dog? I was arguing that we see a dog first, not its parts, not the principles that make it live, not the details and conditions of it. We see the dog. But we don't know the dog very well at all, do we? And Aristotle said here that we come to know those things by what he called analysis, which means looking closely at it, studying it, and literally it means to cut it up. Now, of course, we don't want to cut the dog up literally, but we certainly do want to metaphorically. Well, the dog that I want to look at with you is education, in particular, classical education. To be even more particular still, Christian classical education. I'm hoping that this reflection will give you ideas that you find worth thinking about and that you can bring to life in your schools, classrooms, homeschools, whatever situation you're teaching in. Now, I have to stop beating around the bush, don't I? At this point, I'm going to ask the question, answer the question that I've been asked. Big question, general question, big dog question. What is Christian classical education? Well, let me give you a big dog answer. In other words, a very general answer. This is what I believe Christian classical education is. It is the cultivation of wisdom and virtue. Ah, you say, wow, that was really, really general. How about something I can do at least a little bit with? Well, okay. You want me to analyze it a bit? I'll start cutting it up for you. Let's, let's take it one level more specific. Let's say... If, it's, if, if, if education, Christian classical education, is the cultivation of wisdom and virtue, it is your part to ask, well, how do I do that? Either that or you'd ask, well, what's wisdom and what's virtue? 
Well, how do you cultivate wisdom and virtue in a child? I'm going to assume for a moment what I know to be true, which is that you want to do that. I've never, ever in my life, oh, I take it back. Very rarely do I meet a parent that doesn't want to cultivate wisdom and virtue in his or her children. Very rarely. In fact, it might be never. I think every parent wants to, but their you know, other values get messed up with it. But they still at least like to cultivate wisdom and virtue. So let me try to answer how we do that. But remember, these are big dog answers. How do we cultivate wisdom and virtue in a child? By nourishing the soul of that child on the true, the good, and the beautiful. My contention is that children have souls or children are souls. The soul is a great mystery. It cannot be measured. You can't cut it out and, and uh, you can't see obvious work that it does. It's maybe it's that holy of holies inside that child. I'm inclined to think that that's the heart of the spirit, but maybe the soul has a, has a part of it that is the holy of holies inside the child where only God and the child can go. And we don't have access to it. Nonetheless, the child has a soul and that soul is hungry for what? Well, the true, the good, and the beautiful. And if that child does not receive the truth, if that child is lied to continually, if that child is misled and, and, or, or, or think of this, what if that child wants the truth, but is taught in such a way that he can't find it? What if he's taught to fish with a gun or to shoot deer with a fishing rod or to try to get to the stars with a car? And then concludes, there are no stars. I can't hunt. I can't fish. What a cruel thing that would be. So we can either mislead the child in relation to the truth by convincing him that it can't be reached. Or by bulldozing him with it. He doesn't need to just hear it. He needs to feed on it. His soul needs the truth. And if he doesn't eat it, he will not be healthy. He also needs the good. He needs goodness. We can break that up into virtues like uh, prudence, kindness, virtue, I'm sorry, uh, courage, wisdom, um, fortitude. We could list out any number of wonderful virtues. But if that child doesn't absorb into his soul the virtues, good things, his soul will go, will go hungry. But I have to insist on this third point too, which might be a little more controversial. He also needs the beautiful. He also needs to be fed on beautiful things. I believe it was von Balthasar, the theologian, who said that, that uh, beauty is like the sister of truth and goodness and when when she is i don't know sent away from the party she has a way of draining the life out of it i forget that's my way of putting it. i can't remember how balthazar put it i think he actually put it 
<laughs> cruelly. <laughs> I think she has a way of coming back and getting revenge, almost like she's heiress in the Greek mythology. And there's something to that, you see. If you don't feed a child's soul on the beautiful, you'll starve that child's soul. Look at the creation. Is there anywhere that beauty doesn't abide? Is there anywhere that you can say, there's nothing beautiful here? If God makes things so beautifully, ought we not to do the same? So Christian classical education is the cultivation of wisdom and virtue. And how do we, nour- how do we cultivate wisdom and virtue? By nourishing the child's soul on the true, the good, and the beautiful. I hope this at least gets you started as you think about Christian classical education, started thinking about practical things, because here's the thing. If you're asking, what should I do today, but your goal isn't wisdom and virtue, it doesn't matter what you do today. And so I say, may the Lord remember you in his kingdom. And thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.